Everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Well, you know how sometimes we say we've really been down a rabbit hole today? Mm. Uh, that's not true of me today. What I have been down is a hell hole. <laughs> yes, you have. You have really taken one for the team today. I have. You're all going to find out that I watched something today so that you don't have to. Because <laughs> you don't want to. Trust me. This is true. This is mm-hmm. certainly true. I hear this. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear all about it. I, I did nip in a little bit here and there to what you were doing, but uh, not anywhere to the degree you did. God kind of self-abuse was this. I spent the day watching the final day of the sentencing hearing for Darrell Brooks, the Waukesha mass murderer. The ultimate and belligerent turd circuses. Oh my God. That judge needs some kind of like presidential medal. (laughs) Well, I mean, even Brooks told her how she's a superhero. (laughs) He did. Uh, but she got hers today, I think. She had her opportunity finally. Mm-hmm. So we'll get there. But yes. Holy shit, you guys. It's been a day. It has been a day. For sure. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, I have been just working really hard on stuff to be ready for the craft fair we're doing this weekend. I feel like I have just, I start lots of projects and then dash dash off to something else and so finally today i'm like listen up lady you gotta finish it you can't keep doing this because these things have to be done by saturday so i finished things so that's pretty cool i finished the tiles i finished the earrings i finished Mm -hmm. all of the snow globes i finished the uh the magnets, I finished the uh, business cards, and I finished the big signs. So I feel like I'm finally like accomplishing something that's meaningful. So it feels good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Are we selling dragons this year? Yeah. We haven't. I, I, that's not my jam. That's Scott's job. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't bring any show and tell. Can you believe that? I should have too. I've made, I have myself been making all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Just while watching, uh, I don't even know. I don't even, don't even quite yet have words for what I have observed today. It's been like a true crime and craft day. And really, I yeah. mean, that could be, that could be a channel all of its own. It could, uh, true you know, crime and craft day. Yeah. Just sitting, watching, it's pretty much my life already. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. So sorry, I'm but, drinking tea. I just, Slurp down some dinner. I just barely took a shower. Like <laughs> this was supposed to last for two hours, okay? And it went for six. So Yeah. Mm. Basically your life has been ruined. Yeah. Cranky was watching as well while crocheting. Good job. I was beating. Way to go, Cranky. See, we have to do something positive to counteract the bullshit it's that true. we saw today. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, Let's start off with uh, the 
big news of the day, really, in a lot of ways, uh, with Lori Vallow. Jesus Christ. Okay, guys. <laughs> Lori Vallow is competent to stand trial. So, I mean, I gotta say, I did not see that coming. I honestly really thought she was going back to the hospital. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. So, interestingly, now, so of course, the judge still has to rule on Pryor's request for severance, which there's no way in hell he's going to get that. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, he, he had a chance if Lori was going back to the hospital, but she's not. So, guess what? They will, they're going to set a new trial date. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope quite soon. Like, can we get this shit over with? Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cranky, you're surprised too. I, you know, me too. I figured if we were going down this road again, that this was just major problems, but no, the judge has found her competent. And you know, that's the thing you have to realize is that they get the reports from the experts, but it is actually up to the judge, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, he takes everybody's, you know, testimony Mm -hmm. and the reports and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's moot now she's competent. So yeah. I would imagine they're going to push to get this trial going as quick as possible. I would imagine mm-hmm. that is what the judge wants. Yeah. I would bet that the defense attorneys are, that, well, I would imagine judge and prosecutors are like, let's get this shit over with. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, they're going to say, well, there's been this slowdown. Well, her case is no longer suspended. Okay. Her case is active. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go. Yep. I wonder if they will sedate her in court. <laughs> <laughs> I don't maybe know. She'll have or, to have a timeout room like Mr. Brooks. Or maybe do like Daryl Brooks did until he got called out for it and wear a mask. So you can't see mm-hmm. her horrendous facial expressions. This is true. Yeah. That would be okay. So that's maybe. pretty huge news. That uh, is huge news. So we'll see. Hopefully we're going to shortly get a new trial date. Yeah. Paula said that her brother passed on Monday. And that oh, she's had Paula, a very I'm weird so week. And today's his birthday. Paula, we're so sorry. Oh, yes, yeah. so much love to you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, my dog is chewing up a bowl behind me. I don't know if you guys can hear all that rustling or not, but that's what's going on. I, I tried to loop my leg around there to like kind of, you know, I don't know, intervene, but it didn't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's how it's going. <laughs> right. Well, so Paula, the experts recommend mm-hmm. that it is ultimately up to the judge to decide. Mm-hmm. So maybe Boyce has had enough of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's Luca. It's Bruno. No, it's Luca. It's Luca. Yeah, it's Luca. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Where am I? What's my name? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's been. I'm probably going to swear a lot today. I'm probably going to be louder than usual because oh, the inhibitions just... are gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one more thing on that. Uh, Janet said, I'd like to know how Chad's defense is going to be dramatically different from Lori's. Well, I I think it goes a little like this. Your honor, it was Lori's fault. (laughs) Yes, pretty sure. (laughs) And and I'm pretty sure Lori's defense is going to be your honor. It was Chad and Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. I, I think that's where this is headed. Yeah. Yep. And yes, Jana, it would be grounds for appeal if the judge was just sick of this shit. I mean, he's legitimately yeah. got to think that she is competent. But mm-hmm. I can only imagine what goes through that poor man's mind having to listen to all this crap. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, except, you know, that <laughs> I still think that uh, the judge in the Brooks trial literally needs like a week, a month, a year, a year yeah. of vacation in Fiji, a medal, a tiara. I don't know. Like everything. Yeah. She's earned it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cranky. Sure, it was Lori. Even though they were buried in my yard and I was a former grave digger. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yes. So Heather Daybell did do a three-part interview on Hidden True Crime. Oh, I, um, did not, I have not seen it. It is very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, how much distance they have tried to get from that family long before this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, her feelings about the Mormon church. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Really interesting stuff. I, I highly recommend you go watch it. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, a tiara. That judge, she deserves every award you can think of. Mm-hmm. She has literally managed to not All throttle of the, the living shit out of Daryl Brooks. And I got to say that if I'd been in that room, I'm not sure I would have even made it through today, mm-hmm. let alone the entire trial. Mm-hmm. Well, and on that note, let's let's talk about it. Let's, let's do. do Brooks. <laughs> let's do Brooks. So interesting. First thing I noticed was that Brooks was handcuffed at his table. Yeah. He's been shackled before, but he wasn't handcuffed when he was representing himself. It was kind of like the victims. He was handcuffed at the, uh, when they were scheduling the, uh, right. But like when he was like representing himself in front of the jury, he was not handcuffed. Well, he was Mm -hmm. today. So watching him try to write his little (laughs) ignorant notes to the judge was hilarious because he (laughs) he could barely hold a pen. And anyway, so yeah, Janet said, you mean shockled? Yes, I mean shockled. Yeah, remember the shock cuffs? They, they were shock cuffs for sure. Shock cuffs, yeah. <laughs> They're shackles, but some people know them as shock cuffs. Only Daryl Brooks. That's the only person. So the hearing started out with a request from the prosecutor that one of the victims that gave their victim statement yesterday felt like her statement really wasn't heard because Daryl wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's like an eight-year-old girl. I mean, so they let her stand and they bring her a microphone and she talks all about losing her grandma. Daryl Brooks murdered her grandma. Yeah. Grandma was one of the dancing grannies and they were dancing in the parade. And apparently mm-hmm. dancing was a real big deal to granny and she taught the kids to dance and they spent a lot of time together dancing and listening to music and cooking and stuff. And so This sweet little eight-year-old girl talks all about how she misses her dancing granny every day. And that asshole Brooks just had an ignorant look on his face the whole time. I mean, people were tearing up Mm -hmm. at this, right? But Brooks started out on his best behavior because it was Daryl Brooks' day, don't you know? This was the day that his character witnesses, character witnesses, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Use that loosely. Yeah. Very loosely were coming to speak on his behalf. Mm -hmm. So he insisted to the judge that there were four, but there were only ever three on the Zoom call. None of them were there in person. They were all on Zoom. Also, initially he said there'd be 20. Yeah, he did a long time ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 20. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, He started out with his mother, who went on and on and on and on and on and on and on about the plight of mentally ill people, which is completely legitimate. Yes, those things are real. However, not in Daryl's case, and we'll get to that, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot of bullshit about, you know, how the system failed him and blah, 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 blah. No, it's Mm -hmm. not true, but that's what she said, right? So then 
Yeah. Only you could turn this into a that's what she said joke. Only I. <laughs> only I. Yeah. Yeah. So then we hear from Daryl Brooks's very um pious and rather uppity grandmother, who is a minister, and who admonished him and the victims about how important forgiveness was. I thought that part was really gross. Um when she started talking to the victims, I was like, Bleh. Mm-hmm. right, right. I mean, I get it, Cranky, why they did that. Um, but it was gross and it didn't really, it doesn't really apply to him. And we'll talk about why that is. Um, so, you know, Granny, it was a whole lot of Jesus stuff. And it yeah. was a whole lot of forgiveness. And she literally admonished all the victims and victims' families that it was their responsibility to forgive Daryl, which I think is utter bullshit. And I don't think yeah. anybody has to forgive anything unless they want to. So shut up. Yeah. So that's where they went with it. I can't. The, how gross of her. How incredibly it, gross of her. It was gross. It was a lot of admonishing Daryl. And she said something like, I'm not the big bad witch everybody makes me out to be <laughs> when she introduced herself. So I don't know if, you know, there's. was That, that was grandma or mom? Grandma. <laughs> yeah, that was grandma. So, yeah, lots of Jesus stuff. Lots of. Lots of Jesus stuff. So then they bring in. And then more Jesus stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They bring in Daryl's best friend. And she's this very sweet disabled woman who has been friends with Daryl for a long time. And she has seizures and she has a lot of medical problems. And Daryl had been a help to her in the past. And I think probably Daryl probably robbed her blind. And she's just a really sweet, trusting person. Who doesn't necessarily recognize when her best friend is a psychopath. Probably. So, yeah. you know, she was very sweet, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So we get through all of that and through all of this. And every time the judge has to, you know, is talking to him, it's all very cordial. And he is like proving to us that he, in fact, could be appropriate in court this entire time mm-hmm. because he's not disrupting nothing. But, you know, he's got his buddies here speaking on his behalf. Mm-hmm. So then they finish with that. And the judge says, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about my assessment of Daryl, his character, his mental health, like all the things that I have to bring to the table in order to sentence him. And she starts talking about the four, four psychological evaluations that Daryl had on behalf of the court. Yeah. Four. Four. And you know what they were diagnosing him with? Antisocial personality disorder. Mm -hmm. You know what isn't really a mental illness? Antisocial personality disorder. Yeah. That means Daryl is a psychopath, is what Mm -hmm. that means. That means Daryl has no conscience. He does not have any emotions except for about himself. Mm -hmm. He has no empathy. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that's a big surprise. I mean, he literally drove through a parade and hit, it turns out now, 69 people. Mm -hmm. They discovered in the victim uh, impact statements that there was a 69th victim Mm -hmm. who was injured when she was hit, not by his car, but by another victim who was thrown into her that Mm -hmm. they didn't even know about. Yep. So she starts getting into this stuff. And he's still being appropriate. Well, wait, I'm sorry. I have, I have skipped. 
before that <laughs> happens, my brain is addled, you guys. We spent two hours with him giving his statement. Two hours uh-huh. this idiot talked. Uh-huh. And it was all about himself. He uh-huh. said he was sorry to the victims one time in uh-huh. two hours. And all he should have And he is still was, praying for them. He is still praying for them. Yes, he is praying for them. He went on and he referred to it as the incident or the tragedy. Like he separated himself as far away from it as he could get. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about his childhood and all of his mm-hmm. challenges and all the shit he's been through and his mental health. And all he wants to do is just get better, Your Honor. I just want to get better. And I want you to know that I have found Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he went on about the Jesus stuff for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it was so trite and self-centered mm-hmm. and gross. So gross. I just want to be sent to a place that that will help me get better so that yes. I can prove to my children that it can be done and, and I can yeah. get better. Yeah. It was so obtuse, the idea that yeah. they're sending so you anywhere obtuse. to get better. They're sending yeah. you to prison forever. But yeah. even then, it sounded like he just really wasn't quite sure that's what was happening here. Right. Right. At one point, he said he wanted to make sure that he got credit for that one year he's already served as though that was going to have any impact. <laughs> On him, on this at all. Right. There is no cure Mm -hmm. for someone like him. There is no, the the cure is lock him up forever. Yeah. So the two hours of just gross, self indulgent bullshit Mm -hmm. until the judge finally interrupted him. And I was like, Jesus, are she ever going to stop this? So she finally does. And she asks him, We've gone on for about two hours here, (laughs) you know, and everyone else is like, Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And I need, from you because you got to remember he's still he's representing himself mm-hmm. so she has recommendations from the prosecutor about how about sentencing right mm-hmm. so she wants him to tell her what he thinks his sentence could be mm-hmm. and he just talks in a million fucking circles forever mm-hmm. can't do it won't mm-hmm. do it finally she's like i really need an answer from you and again it was the um uh just talking in circles and i just want to go somewhere and get better your honor so she finally just gives up because it's like Uh whatever i'm not gonna get anything from you so then she starts getting into sort of the recap of the case and her assessment of him and you know talking talks about these four psych evals and about how all these doctors find the same damn thing Uh This is not a mental health issue. He was not having a mental health emergency. There's no indication that he was having a psychotic episode or anything Mm -hmm. like that. He intentionally drove through. I mean, he didn't just drive into a parade. He drove down the parade, Mm -hmm. swerving to hit people. I mean, for a significant, for two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. So she goes through all of that. She goes through all of the evidence presented, all of the witnesses, Uh all of the victims, all of the people and what they saw and the stories they told. She teared up over and over again, the stories from families and how this affected them or seeing their family member killed right in front of them or Mm -hmm. injured or not knowing if their family members were safe and all these things. And it's just 
and he's getting more and more agitated because this Mm -hmm. isn't about him anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is where he just, he finally just blows sky Mm -hmm. high. And she's just not having it today. And she Mm -hmm. just kicked his ass out and sent him to the other room. Mm -hmm. So he is sitting in the other room (laughs) with his handcuffs writing because she told him, Mm-hmm. If you can write me a pledge that you will come back here and not interrupt me again, a pledge that you will not do it again, you can come back. So he writes all this shit. And several times, one of the bailiffs brings her something. She's like, that's not a pledge. Nope. You know, and she's just, she's just so <laughs> done with his stupid ass. And he'll like write something on a piece of paper and then stand up and hold it and shake it. So that he's getting her attention, you know, mm-hmm. or he'll wave his hands like this, trying to get her attention. Mm-hmm. And he was muted. She had to mute him in the other room because he wouldn't stop his mm-hmm. talking. So just, it went on like that for a long time. So she talks about like how he he ran, he changed his appearance, he hid all of the things that he did to um, evade police, mm-hmm. which. If you're having a psychotic episode, you don't do any of those things because you don't even realize you've done something bad. He did all kinds of things that indicated that he knew full well mm-hmm. that he'd done something wrong. Also, he immediately submitted to the police when they came. Mm-hmm. He knew immediately what was happening. And so she's talking mm-hmm. about that kind of stuff. And she's talking about his, his ex-girlfriend that he had assaulted earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Part of his sentencing was actually the domestic incident that happened with her. Yeah. Uh, and so he's writing all his dumb stuff and he's got a note up and it says objection. And then you can't see what the rest of it says. <laughs> objection. objection. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to object. Yeah. You, you don't get, this is the judge's part. You don't get to object to what she's saying. Shut, just mm-hmm. shut up. So she <laughs> says, okay, I'm about to start the actual sentencing. Mm-hmm. So I would like to bring him back in here and see if he can, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be decent. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he could not be decent. He was such an asshole. He would not quit. Mm-hmm. Just arguing and arguing and arguing, just would not stop talking. So she said, if you say one more thing to me, you will be in the other room. You are forfeiting your right to be here while you're sentenced. And you will. Yeah. He said, I don't consent to the sentencing. Because yeah. somehow he thought he had that right. <laughs> so ridiculous. So, you know, she says, if you say one more thing, that is you forfeiting your right to be in the room during your sentencing. And you'll go to the other room and you'll stay there. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, he just starts this bullshit arguing again. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to the other room. She just got him on mute. She's not even looking at him. Like, fuck off, buddy. Mm-hmm. So she goes through all the charges. It's like 76 charges. Yeah. And... um. So, yes, yeah, on court TV, a video where a judge ordered a defendant's mouth to be taped shut because he wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think her other room thing worked really well. It was mm-hmm. great. So she starts, she goes through all the charges, what he's being convicted of. And uh, then she starts naming each victim. And we're talking, this was, well, what 76 charges she named uh-huh. every charge and attached the name of the victim uh-huh. to it it took like an hour just to do that which was it was really impactful because uh-huh. you know she said all the names of the people who were killed she allowed 
the courtroom to clap when mm -hmm. he was convicted of their murders. Mm -hmm. And we and do asked, have a clip of that. We have oh, a, yeah. a two-minute clip of that. We'll share at the end of this. And then she asked him not to clap after the rest of the stuff because mm -hmm. it was so many. But she said every single name because he was, he was, so he was given life without the possibility of parole for all six murders. Mm -hmm. And then he was given 17 and a half years for every count of assault with, a deadly weapon basically uh -huh. because that's what the vehicle was yeah and it went on and on and on it went on forever and then she sentenced him for the girlfriend for assaulting the girlfriend two different counts of bail jumping and a couple of other things but anyway yeah. it is somewhere around a thousand years in prison mm -hmm. which we all know you know he'll be there till yeah. he dies <laughs> Well, I don't know. As stubborn as he is, well, anyway, no. Right. It might not be that long, frankly. If he talks in prison the way that he talked to that judge, somebody's <laughs> going to take him out in the first 10 days he's there. Maybe bye, less. bitch, bye. Bye, yep. asshole. And finally, the judge was like, and that's it. And you could just see the look on her face like, I have got to get out of here. <laughs> I will she now to, go drink. She yeah. took a couple of breaks and I thought, She's probably going to her office to like drink and scream into a pillow. <laughs> so she's such a rock star. Right. Um, but the good news is that asshole, you know, and you know, he's going to appeal. He's going to try all this ridiculous shit. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Well, he tried to claim today that he doesn't understand the charges. Oh, yes. He, he was trying to set up an appeal. And that's mm -hmm. when she really started going into all of the mental health evaluation that he has had. Uh-huh. And how she has made sure they have dotted their I's and crossed their T's. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have any grounds to appeal. No. None. He insisted on representing himself. She coached him through the whole damn thing. Mm -hmm. She has been so careful to protect mm -hmm. his rights. And anytime that she put him in the other room, she would cite the case mm -hmm. that is the precedent for doing that. Like she mm -hmm. was so careful to make sure that, you know, he can try, but. That jackass is gone forever. For sure. Oh, my God. But I, it was the longest six hours of my life. I cannot mm. imagine having been her and had to preside over that case. No. Good Lord. But the, good, the short story is he's he's done. The short story is bye, bitch, bye. Yes. Yep. Well, let's watch the very end of it. Or, yeah. well, just the not the very end of it, but the... The, the beginning of the same thing. Yeah. It counts one through six. This court is imposing a life sentence without the possibility or eligibility for extended supervision consecutive to one another. One life sentence for Virginia Sorensen. One life sentence for Leanna Owen. One life sentence for Tamara Durand. One life sentence for Jane Kulik. One life sentence for Bill Hospel. And one life sentence for Jackson Sparks. I've considered the enhancer and the additional five years that I could impose 
but I don't need to really order that because I've not made him eligible for extended supervision and it would only be to increase his time on initial confinement. But make no mistake, Mr. Brooks, you use that vehicle as a battering ram, no different than frankly a firearm. On counts 7 through 67, these are 61 counts of first-degree recklessly endangering safety. These charges alone and these convictions without the enhancer carry a maximum of 12 and a half years. Because of the enhancer, a total of 17 and a half years. And under Wisconsin law, the five years is added to the initial term of confinement. So what could be seven and a half years is a maximum of 12 and a half years. And I'd ask that everyone no longer show any reaction to the sentence so I can get through this. On counts seven through 67, on each count, I will impose a total sentence of 17 and a half years. Yeah. Nothing like a thousand years in prison won't care, right? Right. I mean, and she talked about that, you know, that this is a really large sentence and that we realize that, you know, he's not going to live that long. However, it was really important because this had such a huge impact on the people there, the victims, the people who witnessed it, the people who live in that community, like the trauma that this has caused is Mm -hmm. generational, frankly. Absolutely. And, you know, she felt like she, I loved how victim focused she was. Mm -hmm. She, She made it all about honoring them. She talked a lot about how impressed she was with people when they testified and mm-hmm. how genuine and, you know, talked mm-hmm. about that they were good people mm-hmm. and that they didn't deserve this by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he has no remorse. He doesn't care. Oh yeah. He's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And yep. the only thing we can do is lock him away forever. Yep. And he'll either get himself killed in prison if he takes his own life, I'll be a little surprised because he still thinks pretty highly of himself. But maybe, you know. It's true, but he would do that as an FU. He would. To the I, I think that he would. So it is very possible, um, you know, that something like that he might try. Um, but frankly, he is such an off-putting human being mm-hmm. that I find it hard to believe that he would make it in prison very long, behaving the way that he does. But at least it's over for these families. You know, they don't have to see his stupid face or listen to his jackass voice ever again. And I think that's a blessing for everybody. They don't have to see his stupid face. (laughs) Oh, Paula, this is a really good question because she addressed this. She said, do you think the sentencing would have been less if he had behaved in court? No, I don't. And she talked about that. She said... I am basing this sentence on what happened on November 21st, 2021. This doesn't have anything to do with his behavior in court. She went moment by moment through all of the opportunities that he had to not drive through there. How many times he chose to do it and then continue and continue and continue hitting people. She made it all about that. This isn't about his behavior in court. This is about what he did on that day and how intentional it was. 
There was no question that he was having a medical event or having a uh, mechanical problem with his vehicle or something. He continued to drive down that parade route and mow those people down for a few minutes. Yep. He could have stopped at any moment and he didn't. Right. Yeah, Frankie. It was 100% on purpose. Uh It was 100% to express his own anger uh, at his girlfriend and the situation he was in because Uh he was more important than those innocent people just attending a Christmas parade. Yep. So she she put a lot of emphasis on that and on all of the reasons why this was very clearly an intentional act. He freaked Mm -hmm. out at the prosecutor. Because yesterday the prosecutor had referred to this as an attack. Uh-huh. And oh, he took major umbrage with that. Uh-huh. Major. This was not an attack. I did not do this on purpose. I did not plan this, blah, blah, blah. Well, he very clearly did do this on purpose. Uh-huh. He had many opportunities to stop yeah. or to turn off or uh-huh. something. And he didn't do any of those things. Nope. Yeah. Ugh. Sick little shithead. God. Yep. Oh. Well, Daryl, have the 800 years you deserve. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Well, let's change gears. There's a lot of quick updates, and I want to jump into those fast because we can get to those because we have um, quite a bit to say about the Wanderers as well as the Moscow stabbings. Mm -hmm. And so we want to get to those. Um, Troy Driver. Troy Driver is the man who murdered Naomi Arion in Nevada. Yes. And his he has had a short stay on his case, much to the horror of her family, you know, mm-hmm. um, for a competency eval. And guess what? Guess who else is competent? Troy Driver. So yep. his case marches on. So that is That's excellent news. Really uh, good news. Very good news for Naomi's family mm-hmm. uh, and everyone else. So uh, a quick update on Richard Allen in the Delphi uh, matter, Richard Mm -hmm. Allen uh, investigators are now saying that they did have a statement from him years ago that he was around the area on the day that the girls were murdered. But uh, that was just a piece of info that was just shoved back in a file that hadn't been revisited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yikes. So, uh, yikes. Yeah. Kayla Montgomery. So Kayla Montgomery uh, has made a plea deal. She was charged with two counts of perjury because, you know, as we know, she's been lying all along to the courts about what she knows about where Little Harmony is at and what happened to her. And we know for sure now that she uh, did uh, roll on Adam. And she's now been sentenced to 1.5 years. It could have been more than 10 uh, for perjury, but 1.5 years uh, in, a, you know, in, in prison in exchange for her testifying against him in the matter of the murder of Harmony. Now, in the past, we'd been hearing that she, you know, was going to testify against him in the weapons thing and stuff like that. No, she's testifying. She's their star witness testifying against him in Harmony's murder. Mm-hmm. So we know that now. But uh, Kayla, where the hell is Harmony? Yeah. Where is I'm, Harmony? Time to give up the body. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely. But we do know that now, and I feel like that's that's an important thing uh, to know. Yeah. Uh, Christy, talk to us about David Bonola and Orasai. Oh, hmm. yes. So you go. First, you. let me say thank you, GB, for reminding us that, yes, the Lady of the Dunes has been identified 50 That's years correct. after, after mm -hmm. her disappearance. Her name is Ruth Marie Terry of Tennessee. Yep. So it's nice to see people get their names. Yes. And get to be laid to rest. Absolutely. Yes. But let's get to David Bonola. So David Bonola is the man who killed Orsola Gall and dismembered her body, put it in his her son's hockey bag, and just left it on the streets in New York City. He has been sentenced to 25 years, which I honestly think is gross. Super right? gross. That is not enough. I don't no. know why this isn't life. How can this not be life? I know. I really hate this one. They have not really been able to prove um, intent, so it's second degree, and that's why it's 25 years. But it is mm -hmm. kind of it is disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Let me show. I forgot. I have a picture for this. Uh, this is Bonola and Rosalie Gall. And they had, he was a handyman. He'd done some work at her house and she did have a brief affair with him, mm -hmm. which he then used as an excuse to kill her, which is just horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Well, Good and boo. I want to slap him face her family. Yeah, he years. did plead guilty. So this is why we're getting it. That's probably part of it. Yep. Well, uh, everyone's favorite sex offender. Do those words go together? <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Aliverdian. Oh, good Lord. Uh, you know, he's been. Uh, well, he's not wearing any oxygen in that picture. Imagine. Right. Look at that. He's been in front of the courts, you know, still trying to prove that he's not Nicholas Halliburton. You know, last week uh, had claimed that uh, he fell into a coma because of COVID last December in a hospital in Scotland and awoke to a whole bunch of tattoos he'd never seen before. <laughs> My God. <laughs> this was a part of the big conspiracy to frame him. They covered him in tattoos while he was asleep. Yes. Um, yes. But the judge said, happens. no, bitch. And what the judge determined is this really is Nicholas Aliverdian. Yeah. So it's taken, you know, all of this to prove that, yes, indeed, he really is. So here's a statement from David Levitt, the Utah County attorney. We are grateful for all or those all through the justice system for their roles in investigating, prosecuting and deciding this case so far. We wait patiently now for the extradition decision. If the defendant is extradited, then Utah County's attorney's office will fully prosecute the case and ask a jury to decide the ultimate question of guilt or innocence. So it's they're excited. This was not the extradition hearing. This was just the uh, basically to prove that he is who uh, the U.S. says he is. Yeah. And now the courts have said, indeed, this is exactly who this bitch is. So he Good. is now now we are waiting until March of 2023 for them to go to court and decide on extradition. Yeah. So we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Well, but he's really been fighting that the identity thing. And now that that's going to open a lot of doors, mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. Yep. Yep. Well, let's talk about the murders in Moscow, Idaho. Yes. 
So we did uh, a segment on this earlier this week. Uh, yes, he is being charged with something in the UK, rape in, in England. Yeah, and they want food blogger. At him. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's in Scotland. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So uh, moving forward to the murders in Moscow, Idaho. So poor Idaho. Like we're... We're really under it this week. Um, this has been a, yeah. With the Michael Vaughn case. Yep. And this one. And this one just hits home to us because my kids, our, our kids, uh, our college students, it's just yeah. scary, you know. And so here's basically what we know so far. Sometime around noon on Sunday, someone called the police and said there is someone at my house or someone at this house. That is unconscious. And uh, EMS went there and discovered um, that there were four dead bodies that had been stabbed to death. Uh, it was a horrific scene. A mm-hmm. copious amount of blood. Blood oozing out of the walls from these poor people. And initially, the sheriff's office and the mayor were saying, there's no threat to the public. And everyone's been asking, how do we know that? Mm-hmm. Well, they finally did a press conference today. It is Wednesday. Yeah. It's Wednesday. There should have been a press conference that day. Right. Wednesday. Finally, a press conference. And they're saying, they did tell us a few things in the press conference today that we did not know. That is a six-bedroom home that is near campus that students rent. Five girls rent that house. Three of those girls were murdered and one of their boyfriends. The other two were home at the time of the attack. We don't know if they were the ones who uh, called 911 because they're not disclosing that. We also don't know who called 911. Uh, they didn't make it 100% clear that they were the only people home. Mm-hmm. So we don't know that either. Right. Um, people in the press conference were acting like it was somewhat significant that uh, even though they were home, no one called the police until noon. I didn't think that was significant at all. These are college students. They were all out partying the night before. They didn't get out of bed till noon. It's more significant to me that they didn't hear the attacks happening. Right. How do four people get stabbed in the house where you're living and you don't hear it happen? Like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Uh, they would not confirm what rooms they were in or if they were together or if they were not, all of these mm-hmm. folks. So we don't know that either. Um, at one point, the mayor said this was a crime of passion. But when he got pressed on that by the, uh, well, by the press, turned out he had no reason to say that at all. He doesn't know that. This mayor reminds me a bit of the mayor in the movie Jaws. Mm. Just speaking out his ass so the people don't freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's pretty much. He shouldn't pretty even much. be talking. Like, he doesn't know no. anything. He should shut the hell up, yes. Yeah. Um, because they don't know. And that's one of the things that they pressed really hard on in the uh, press conference today. How can you say you don't have a suspect? Mm-hmm. We don't know why this happened. How can you keep assuring the students that they're safe? And they're like, well, everyone should be diligent. So are you saying people aren't safe? 
Well, I mean, we think it was a targeted attack. And the press was like, well, why do you think it was a targeted attack? And they're like, well, we just think it was. Well, the students don't feel safe at all. And a lot of them have gone home. And they are running classes online and in person and trying to accommodate that, you know, because a lot of kids don't feel safe and they shouldn't feel safe until they figure out what the hell happened here. They have no right just telling these kids, ah, blah, you're fine, you're safe, nothing to see here. Are no one ever me? gets murdered in this town, but now we have four murders and we don't know who did it, but you guys are fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? They also kept stressing, there just does not seem to be any sign of forced entry. Well, no shit, Sherlock. This is a tiny town with a relatively low crime rate and five students that live there you cannot tell me that it's not commonplace for that house to be left unlocked. You can't. Right. Well, and this is Idaho. Okay, guys. Mm-hmm. Lots of people don't lock their houses here. They're right. stupid. I lock my house. But in these house, little but... in these little towns, that is not unusual at all for people mm-hmm. to not lock their houses and still leave their keys in their vehicles unlocked. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding you. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tell any criminals to come here. But that's <sighs> very commonplace in this state. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe they don't even lock the house at all. <laughs> maybe they don't even have a key to the house. That could be the case too. Wow. We don't know. The case. We've experienced that before. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's significant really. Uh, but we don't, they, they don't know much. So the FBI is assisting. The state police is assisting. So they're trying, you know, they're investigating. There's a, the state crime lab is right now. They've been, uh, you know, processing the uh the crime scene as well as the bodies and they do believe that it for sure was not a murder suicide they do believe that all four of these uh students were murdered that that's about what came out of the press conference today i would say the biggest bombshell was that the roommates were home they also are not calling the roommates witnesses but here's the thing and this is my opinion entirely if this was just one person, they also don't have a, a weapon. They, mm-hmm. they don't have the murder weapon. Um, but if this was one person, okay, there's no way these kids were conscious. Right. How does now, one person stab four adults? I... Right. And get away with it. Now, the two of the girls were seen at a food truck. They were seen at some bars downtown. They were out together having fun. The other girl and her boyfriend had been seen at a, a diff, at a different party on campus. They are still asking for anybody that has any pictures or video from anything they were doing uh, on the student scene that night uh, to please send them over to the police so that they can, uh, you know, try and put together a better timeline of events of where they were. Mm-hmm. But there just is not, there's just not much going on. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully they have better answers coming. I I wish they had done a press conference sooner. I I, I feel like they this has been problematic, honestly, uh, up to this point. But yeah, I hope the roommates are in protective custody too. I mean, right? I mean, are they safe? Yeah. Yeah. GB said this sounds like Ted Bundy's attack of the sorority house in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, it it does. It's something similar. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that Moscow, Idaho has ever dealt with. I'll tell you that. No. 
No. So that's going on all at the same time in Fruitland, Idaho. But to put that in perspective, Moscow is in northern Idaho mm -hmm. and Fruitland, Idaho is in central Idaho. Yeah. So we're talking about many hours apart. Like well, 10. I think it's several a lot. hours apart. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, the whole Michael Vaughn event is going on, event, case. They are still searching. They're still searching the Wondrous Home. Uh, they're saying it could take another week. As of yesterday, they are still digging up parts of the property, and they'll be moving on to the home shortly. Uh, so no big news there. But we did get a little more information about the Wondrous. Mm -hmm. So Stacy, this is the husband, Stacy is in custody. He's actually in federal custody. He's on federal weapons charges. But uh, he's in uh, the Washington County, that's county, Idaho State, Washington County Jail, uh, awaiting, you know, his case moving forward. But here's what we, we kind of knew that, but we didn't know uh, exactly where he was being held or what's, you know, the hell's going on. He hasn't been charged with anything in this case yet, but again... This is very preliminary. They're still searching for the remains. I mean, there's a lot that we don't oh, know yet. They're, they're going to go talk. To, I'm sure he's sort of least of their worries right now because he's in custody. Like, we're going to get yeah. to him. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, some interesting things uh, about Sarah, though. Sarah also had been arrested and charged with uh, weapons charges in federal mm -hmm. court. She had been released. Uh, and her release, <laughs> big list of things that she couldn't do and, and had to do as a part of her release. But one of them that really stuck out or stuck out, stuck out to me was that she was not allowed to be anywhere near her parents. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's well, we the first we've heard of her parents. Right. So we don't know exactly why she got it. It's some kind of an appearance bond uh, on her own recognizance, I guess, of some sort. Mm. Uh, she's been driving. Doesn't she own a taxi company with her dad? With her dad. Yeah. At least that's what she said in court. Yeah. Right. I mean, we so, only know really what she said. Mm -hmm. Right. But I just, I thought, thought that was an interesting piece that uh, she must avoid all contact directly or indirectly with any person who is known to be a victim or witness in the investig investigation or prosecution, including her parents, regarding any discussion about the, off the offense. Interesting. Interesting, because we don't know exactly what the charges were. We right. don't know. And yeah, is it a restraining order or are they also charged or are they charged. witnesses or yeah. are they victims? Mm -hmm. We don't yeah, know. We don't know yet. Uh, yeah, but, uh, and, and she had been, according to her, driving taxi and making more than $500 a week. So she was apparently allowed to do that. Seems but, sketchy. you but want here's that person thing. picking you up in a taxi? I don't think so. <laughs> so her lawyer just recently filed, uh, a request of the court to dismiss the charges against her because her. Second Amendment rights are being violated by not allowing her to have firearms. 
okay, the reason she's not allowed to have firearms is because she's a felon. She's been to prison. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of laughable. Yeah. But now with all this shit, that's never going to happen. But here's the thing, you guys. She has a jury trial coming up the first part of December on this mm-hmm. case. In that case. That sounds There's like a lot such Idaho people. bullshit, though, about the mm-hmm. guns. Yeah. Your honor. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Well, and again, it makes you wonder if uh, this was mostly Stacy's bullshit and she got wrapped up in it, you know. Right. But still. Uh, you can't if you're a felon you can't have guns and you can't live in a house with guns like you can't no guns for god's sake no guns Mm. anyway so that's some new pieces of uh information about sarah that we didn't know and uh you know that we hadn't heard yet and it's interesting also uh we also know that uh, as of this morning her entire criminal history has been sealed that's very by the court. Mm-hmm. That's a strange thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're trying to get people like us to stop talking about her. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we've been stumping for Michael Vaughn since he disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Also, there was a news article. There was an article in East Idaho News today that said that the the sheriff, the police have come out to say that they do believe that there are several people who know what happened to Michael Vaughn. Yep. Multiple people. Yep. You know. So this yep. is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. I have real questions about who else mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Right. Who's well, Adrian? Who's Adrian? Yep. Well, and also who else was staying in that house? Who else was potentially living in that house that could have been there during that time uh, or visiting them or staying with them? There's, there's a lot that's unknown yet. Well, and at one point, she said that Michael's body was buried in the neighbor's yard. Yeah. And then another time, she said it was buried by their shed. Mm -hmm. So, which is it? And I know they were taking down the fence between the yards. But they're also saying that when uh, they arrested her, that they came in through the front door and that she was sitting on the couch watching TV. Initially, I had heard with her mom. Now we're wondering Mm -hmm. if that was actually Stacy's mom. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, hey, Holly, supposedly there was a mom there. If it was her mom, that was a violation of her uh, right. release. So anyway, a lot's mm-hmm. going on. So we'll just, we'll keep our yes. ear to the ground. There's just a lot we don't know yet. Agreed, Paula. I hope that, I hope you're right, that they find and prosecute every single person mm-hmm. who knows what happened to that little boy and who's kept mm-hmm. it It's so horrendous. It's so disgusting. Um, do that to his family. Well, a multitude of her TikToks were filmed with her in her house in front of a poster, a missing poster for him. They had missing posters hanging in their home. They had pictures of him when he went missing on their uh, social media accounts. And they knew the whole time what happened to him. Like, what kind of weird trophy is that? Or, you know, or flex? I don't know. I just awful. Yep, I hope they certainly do, and I hope they find him. Mm. I hope they find him. I'm getting very nervous about that with the amount of time it's taken, to be honest. But yeah, I hope they find him and find him soon for the sake of his poor family, Mm -hmm. who are right down the road from this shit show playing out. They've been instructed by the police to not go down there. 
the police have so her name is sarah in court yesterday she said her name was stacy briefly and then she uh or not yesterday on tuesday uh or monday yeah she said her name was stacy and then she uh said it was sarah her husband's name is stacy oh it's stacy and sarah wondra are their names yep so uh we have one more case update this is out of the kansas city police department uh christy i'm gonna let you take it from here well let's talk about this bag of rancid mayonnaise roger golubsky Mm -hmm. even the name roger golubsky is a former police detective in kansas and he Mm -hmm. and a group of law enforcement are have been accused of targeting young black girls and forcing them into sexual slavery. This was in the late 80s, early Uh 90s, and that they had a house, a working house, where they Uh would force them to work out of. Yep. And that there were were three other men, Cecil Brooks, Lamarck Roberson, and Richard Robinson, have all um, been indicted. Uh In this case, it's a three-count indictment charging them with... um, conspiring to hold young women in invo- involuntary sexual servitude as well as substantive substantive counts of the same charge. So, you know, multiple mm-hmm. counts of the same charge. Um, so gross. So this was like between 96 and 98. Um, there was a there was a location like an apartment that somebody was paying for mm-hmm. that they were using to hold these girls. Yeah. They used physical beatings, sexual assault, and threats to compel them to provide sexual services to men. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. These these girls were as young as 13. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they used their status as police officers to keep the police away from this apartment. If it was ever looked like they were going to start looking into it, then they would use their connections to keep people from doing that, paying off law enforcement mm-hmm. to leave this apartment alone. Yeah. Um, it's so gross. Mm-hmm. Um, if these men are convicted, their maximum sentences are life. They very well should be. So yeah. Roger Golubsky, we actually did a story on him we on did. Patreon back in April. Yeah. He actually has previous charges uh, associated with the mm-hmm. same kind of behavior specific to one victim. Yeah. And now we have all of this coming downhill. And yeah, I got it should. Buddies. Yeah. So. They're horrible people. We'll keep an eye on that. We hope they go away forever because that's mm-hmm. the least that they deserve. Yep. The very least. And cops don't do great in prison. No, they don't. And these guys definitely shouldn't. So, yeah. yep. Well, there you have it. That's a lot. My gosh. Right. We're going to be back in about 15 minutes for the cold read party. Mm-hmm. We'll be back at 8.15 for the cold read party. So if you're a subscriber, come to the cold read party. We have a case to present to you. And then we will uh, let you uh, present some cases to us and cold read those. So yes. that's what's coming. Um, yeah. And of course, we'll uh, keep on keeping on. You guys too. Yes, you guys stay safe and warm also. It's definitely cooling down. Whew. It is. It's it's in the single digits at night here right now. And that sucks. <laughs> Winter has uh, wintered. Yes, it has. <laughs> there, 
that doesn't make sense. But anyway. <laughs> Winter's not coming. Winter has come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Winter has attacked. Yes. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, guys, take care. Thanks so much for being here. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. <laughs>